Welcome back to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell. We are talking about Season 13, uh, Doctor Who Flux. Uh, episode 5, Survivors of the Flux. And I am joined this time to discuss this episode by, uh, you may know her from the Verity Podcast, it's Elizabeth Miles. Liz, hello. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Also author of many now Big Finish audios about Doctor Who. Yeah, so and, and related cool. with very interesting <laughs> actors who read words, who act words. They don't just read them; act out words that you wrote. I don't pretty, think you should mock my excitement. It's these things. pretty good. No, that's pretty. I, I keep every time you something is announced. I think there is another amazing actor who is now uh, done suffered through words my by Liz. It's amazing. <laughs> It's amazing. You got yes. It. And uh, I have received no messages from editors saying, I'm very sorry, but this actor refuses to ever <laughs> deliver anything written by you again. So that's quite nice. That's the best kind of note to get is no refusals. Mm. No one's mm. just ruled it out completely. Yeah. That's good. I, I, feel, I feel good about it. And of course, you and I, uh, our first uh, Doctor Who Flashcast episode was about a, not a very good episode. This was a very good episode, I thought, although it's, it's packed. Survivors of the Flux, there's a lot happening it's very mm-hmm. much feels like uh the episode that had to set up everything for the big finale episode next week can't believe we're already at that point but it was a very short yeah. season um and and i often in streaming tv modern streaming tv i feel like there is a what i um call a furniture moving episode sort of toward the end of the season where it feels like the writers are now in the point where they have to start working backward from their finale and often mm-hmm. those episodes are kind of weird and bad and uh and and they're having to put in the plot work for for reasons that you'll see later on and this moves a lot of furniture sort of i guess but i thought it was not in a bad way i thought it was just energetic and fun and i think the universe of possibilities of what might happen in the finale got shrunken down a lot this this episode this episode clarifies i think a bunch of things but i didn't feel I was never bored, and I always mm-hmm. thought it was kind of interesting, and it moved well, and they had the three different storylines that they kept cutting back and forth between across many different <laughs> titles with different years on it. <laughs> and uh, and I think if you're going to be setting up your finale by having a lot of things happen, um, please make it interesting. And this episode was. Yes. It was, as with the whole season, just incredible amount of energy in it and a lot of style. And a lot of fun. And I think um, if I if I sat down and series was trying to do like a very serious, very proper person critique, I'm sure I could find plenty of things. But as uh, as a fan, and I, you know, I just want to sit down and enjoy Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. This, like the rest of the season, has just swept me along. I've had a great time watching it, and um, I, yeah, that's that's more than enough for me. I I think there's a couple of things I could I could say that are non-positive if you know you want to try some balance thing but there was just mm. so much i loved i think one of the best and unexpected things for me was was having jericho back yes and having our yaz damn and jericho team it's like what, are we looking at this for one in a bit episode or something can we not please have this it's a, it's a little spin-off series of its own now i wrote down adventures in time with yaz dan and jericho <laughs> At the I, top of my, my notes. My, mine was uh, Yes, Dan and Jericho's Edwardian road trips mm-hmm. was, was my thing, where obviously they're going to all these places in the world where they think someone can tell the future. 
So, and and that's what each episode is, which I'm sure I will subtly uh, hint to uh, any Big Finish producer Mm that that would be an excellent idea. And obviously, you know, I I should get to write that. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just, I think it's one of one of the things that just blew me away about this episode. It really, um, it was, it really sort of sparked for me, like how good the characterization has been all this season, because there's all these, not just the main cast, but all of these supporting characters as well who've been in in one or two or three or four episodes, and I feel that I know them all. I feel that I care about almost all of them, and. For me, part of the test always is, would I be interested in seeing their adventures or what they're doing outside the story? And overwhelmingly, yes. Mm-hmm. And the other one is, do I feel I know this character well enough to write for them? Which I don't know if that's... I, I mean, that goes back to when I was writing fan fiction as as a teenager uh, kind of thing. And it's like, yes, God, yes. Even even Tunnel Dude, mm-hmm. who I think I, I, I've certainly seen on my, on my uh, 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 Twitter feed, gets a lot of, there's a lot of uh, flack there for, you know, he just turns up, we don't know why he's there, what's going on. But by this episode, I'm like, yeah, but I, I, I think I could write him. He's a great character. He makes mm-hmm. me laugh. He has presence and he's quite funny. And he writes notes on doors, which I think is a wonderful little touch. Just those, those little things here that make people feel so much more vivid and real than a lot of what I'd felt for the previous Chibnall seasons. You know, it's it's now the norm instead of, Please be slightly better. So the, the Mad Mole, yeah, just the idea mm. that there's a a man down in a cavern going from tunnel to tunnel and behind all the doors are um, different worlds that yeah. he has to explore. Like there's a whole story right there that is cov- covered in moments of runtime in this episode. Although I did yeah. stop the playback so I could write down... <laughs> Some of the labels. There's the viscous, transparent, wobbling armies with no legs. Do not enter. There's the watery okay. ocean world. There's the endless cities of steel firebolts. Okay. Um, and those, so those are the three that happen in quick succession. And then he said, and then they all got messed up, and I don't even know what they are now. There's just endless death uh, back there. So don't go there. Endless death that's... in doorway nine. But, you see that that yeah. stuff there is just it's just so neatly done. It tells you so much. It gives you enough hints to like fill in some gaps yourself. So the the you know you, it invites you to do some work, and you barely even notice you're doing it. I I love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. The this whole segment, which we should talk about first, because we already are talking oh. about it first. Oh, so I'm sorry. I that, I just jumped into my favorite. No, you bit. are you are absolutely right. I had it at the, the top. Trip. It's the 1904 Adventures, and and of course, here's another thing, the classic thing that the uh, that uh, uh, Doctor Who fans are going to have to debate now, which is the status mm. of Professor Jericho. He has traveled in time, not a lot of time, <laughs> but a little time. No, and he's is, not a companion. No, no, but but Liz, he is a companion to no. Yaz. <laughs> doesn't count. He's one of Yaz's companions, not the Doctor's companions. So it's a a new subcategory for Yaz companions. That's not new. That is a tradition that has gone on as far back as um, offhand thinking. You Mm. could maybe say Keys of Marinus, but definitely Dalek Invasion of Time when Barbara got her own companion, Jenny, and Mm -hmm. they were like busy running over Daleks together and fighting stuff. It's a very long thing for the companion's companion. I feel like Yaz has collected some companions over over her era too, time to time. And of course, Canine 
ultimately ends up as Sarah Jane's companion. So yes, but I'm saying Professor Jericho is uh, maybe Yaz's companion. That's the that's what we're going to say. It's not, not it's not an official thing. The companion's companion no. is not an official thing, whereas Doctor Companion is one that can be argued over and has definite right and wrong answers. Let's, the Brigadier is not a companion, people. Let's make companions companions an official thing, though. That's what I'm saying is it opens up a whole okay. new level of debate and controversy. I just, I just don't think it's going to stick because, <laughs> as I said, it's almost as old as the show and it, we haven't and it hasn't yet. that kind of controversy thing. <laughs> We're not going to make it happen it's got, this week. It's going to take, we've got, to, right. we've got to get a real amount of momentum behind it, you know. Well, got I enjoyed planning. that Professor Jericho was not, really, I think I would also say television in general, whether it's, we've been talking on this podcast this year, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure all Doctor Who, Who fans are talking about this idea of like, do you reinvent Doctor Who for modern television? And, it, you know, it changes over time. And what it is in the 60s isn't what it is in the 80s, isn't what it was in 2005 when it came back. And that this mm-hmm. season feels very much like an attempt to do this, um, like a, a, a modern streaming TV series kind of take on mm-hmm. on Doctor Who, which I, I think is interesting, even though it's got the 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 familiar uh, familiar elements of Doctor Who, but Professor Jericho's appearance in, in this week's episode reminded me of assumptions I make about television. And one of the assumptions I make about television is just because that nice man was in that last episode and got sent back in time, <laughs> mm-hmm. I just assumed we would never see him again because he was from the previous episode. And so when yeah. he appeared throughout and had adventures <laughs> yes. with Yaz and Dan, I kept thinking... What? <laughs> and I, I, I yeah. loved it, but it completely subverted my expectations of, I think, what a guest star in a television series episode yeah. should do. <laughs> Absolutely. I was right. Yeah, no, it was exactly, I, I was, I got used to it, but I was like, oh my God, he's still here. It was like, oh yeah, he went with them. So what? of course he's going to still be there. And then just realized, like, oh my gosh, they're going to be a team and they're going to be doing this stuff. That was just that was the sheer joy of it, and the the chemistry all three of them had together, and how you you know you felt they were a proper team. But if you look at the runtime, it's so small. It's it's such a great job, and I absolutely loved the the first one when they were breaking into the the Aztec temple. Right. Not, I don't know if it was Aztec or Mayan or have I just it was in Mexico somewhere. It was in Mexico assume... somewhere. This is the this uh, segment uh, teaches us the lesson of why Indiana Jones prefers to travel without companions. I think. Yeah, that's one thing that made me think. It's like, oh my God, Yaz is being Indiana Jones, which is great. And it's also, I liked her like, okay, we this is technically stealing. So if we take it, we have to bring it back. And it's like, oh, that's nice. Right. And, and fix the hole we made too. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's not just, it's like in the Aztecs, the doctor just casually nicks mm. some sacred treasure to remember Coco Lady Pie. Which technically speaking, you know, I I hear that we stole, we the British may have stolen one or two things from around the world across Mm -hmm. the past few hundred years and we haven't given them back. Yet. And that's a bad thing. Yet. Yet. So um yet, absolutely. We're just we're just borrowing them. Mm -hmm. Um so I just thought in particular that it was Yaz who did that was a nice little, you know, um nod to her character and and specifically being her with her, her Indian family, and we absolutely didn't Oh no! Wait, we did. We nicked quite a lot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the uh, William Hartnell's doctor's uh, official slogan was um, "Leave only footprints, take only valuable artifacts." That was if how it's that not nailed down. To be the <laughs> you didn't really <laughs> want it around. And and I had that moment when I 
saw Jericho where I thought, oh yeah, weren't yeah. they in sort of a quantum locked sort of island universe? But I assume that once the, the Weeping Angels got the Doctor at the end of the last episode, they they left and they turned off the quantum lock and then they were stranded in in 1902 so. or whenever that was. I, I didn't rewatch. We, we get I... this. They, they say they've been here for years too, which I really like the idea that that uh, you know, so often uh, talking about Big Finish and talking about uh, fans filling in the gaps and and, and yeah. us watching filling in the gaps, I I do get frustrated sometimes when every Doctor Who episode backs up on every other episode and you don't have the ability to easily sort of slide in like they obviously were having other adventures and I delight when you have the episode start and they're clearly finishing or have just finished some adventure that's completely off the books and and you just have to imagine it I love having those gaps and so having yeah. them say we've having Dan say we've been here for two years or three years however long it's been I love that because that's just uh it's just there, uh, just yeah. stated, and and we don't know all of the adventures that they might have had. Yeah, and it's so open what they've been doing because they are looking for a sign of when an invasion is going to happen. So they're traveling all over the world to places that have had seers or, or mystics or, mm. or um, oh gosh, I've, I've not got a test at home in front of me. And looking for this thing, and it's just... It, it, Pick a place and you could, because that's, you know, it's a universal human-y thing where there's some thought of you can you can see the future in, in, in all different societies. And yeah, it wherever you want them to have been, they can go. And I, I love that, I love them going up the mountain and finding um, um, Mr. Seek Hermit mm-hmm. and him just being very, oh, I love that he was a Conan Doyle fan. Yep. That made me quite happy. Well, and that he's the real deal because he gives them the yeah. clue that they actually need, even though he's a they make him a comedy kind of character where he's you expect him to be very serious. It's playing on all of our expectations. Yeah, right? I, are, I did. I did think like, you've made him funny, you going, haven't you? Right. Because the alternative is, oh, look at this. We've done this aspect of, of uh, it's a cliche, right? Which is we've gone to the, the mystic and he is going to mumble words. And instead, he's he's not that it's all disarmed. And instead, he's funny. And like, could I have? the gossip could i get a newspaper here um and then he's like no 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 i knew <laughs> in a moment that i really liked it was like i knew you wouldn't do that and i'm like of course he did he's actually a seer he knows what they're <laughs> gonna do and he gives them their clue but in a in a funny way and i, I thought that was a yeah. nice uh like little little twist on our again on our expectations of what a tv show yeah. is going to do and it's just like a little such a great sense of of his character and how he's teasing them and what he's yeah. teasing them with in such a very short amount of time i, right. I you know i love that stuff the um the what else I I did have we talked about cri- uh, criticism uh mm. the the moment that made me again it was silly and it made me laugh but it also made me shake my head a little bit is when they discover the uh cartoon like uh bundle of TNT that has been placed by bad people <laughs> in the other on the other side of the tent and Yaz goes over to stop it what she does rather than maybe like get the fire on the fuse to stop burning she just throws a couple of rugs laying on top of them and says well i've done all i can and runs away <laughs> and they say you you know without you we would have died and i'm like they they didn't see what she did all she did was lay a couple of rugs on top of burning tnt it was the least effective way to fight tnt ever invented and it made me laugh because well, she, she could have poured oil on it that would have been worse that might have been might have been a little worse but it was just it's like you're not even (laughs) smothering the fire you're just laying it on top of the fire yeah you see i i trusted the writer in yaz in that moment and what i remember thinking was 
oh, is there something magic about like the wick there, whatever the actual name of it is, where you can't just stamp it out and that's what it is mm. here? I don't think so, but yeah, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> I, as you see, this this is where my credulity is the first time I yep. watch any episode. I like, I think everything is perfect and they have to really work to get me to think yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will admit it did make me chuckle. On a rewatch, I may be like, okay, what are you doing there? But I, it made me chuckle because it was, it, I mean, it is a cartoonish kind of thing anyway. So you kind of have to go with it. It's like, yeah. there are probably other ways that they could try to kill the time travelers while they were in Constantinople and they, they chose a big bundle of TNT that like <laughs> Wiley e. Coyote might use. So, okay. Yeah. It's, they're they're going for a lighthearted yeah, well, road trip and, vibe, and the guy they find, um, the the suspicious waiter who says you can't fight the future, uh, and and Dan uh, says answer the question or I'll bite your toes, which is just a very fierce Dan. Wow, uh, he does the thing where he bites on the poison capsule in his tooth and dies, which is again one of those kind of classic silly kind of oh no, now we can't get information out of him kind of thing. So that is the tone. This is a yeah. very light. I mean, uh, one of them tone, is hiding yeah. and sleeping under the bed. Yes. So, yeah. It's good. All kids can now pretend to be Dan, the one who has to sleep under the bed. <laughs> oh God, it's so good. I don't. I'm. I'm so. Man, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah. If I when I rewatch this, I'm just gonna be so irritated because the first time it always seems so much longer, and there's always the new bits. And I'm just gonna be like, oh, I remember there's been so much more of this before. Right. You know, why? So, why can't it, we have these continuing adventures? Yeah. It's so. It's so fast. There is the moment that um, Yaz gets a moment to herself while they're while they're dumping the body of the suspicious <laughs> waiter in the. <laughs> in the water because they killed it. Uh, she watches the adaptive hollow of the doctor, which is basically a moment to sort of get the doctor and Yaz to have a scene together, even though that they're separated for this whole episode and for the doctor to sort of give her a little preemptive pep talk um, that also is giving her her mission, which is, mm -hmm. uh, I, I also noticed a, something in the script here that I thought was interesting, which is the, the, <laughs> the script knows what it wants to say and knows how it could be misinterpreted. So the doctor mm -hmm. says displaced creatures from all over the galaxy are going to need a home and they're going to find that the earth is protected and they're going to need somewhere to take over. And the, I thought that was a very careful phrasing because the way that speech begins, I thought she was going to say, Earth will need to welcome them because they are refugees. And the only <laughs> way you can make it not be about sort of turning your back on refugees is to say, no, these are the bad ones and they will try to take you over. And I thought, OK, but oh, they, you mean those can... <laughs> bad people are coming? OK, good, good. That's that's different. I I, I will just say they can technically be both Tarot Zygons. Those Zygons are refugees. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be refugees who were hiding in Loch Ness and replacing the local gentry. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, it was a moment where I, I felt like Chris Chibnall was like, I can't make this sound Whoopsie. like like a, an anti-refugee sentiment. Yes, I need... they've lost they've lost their homes, but they'll be coming in guns blaze. Well, which in its own thing is sort of creating a picture of but we're trying to divert the viewer's thoughts from that mm. word in order to make it not sound like he's having a terrible idea. Yep. It's fine. Yeah, I'll, it's, I'll, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. I just I noted I noted the moment where I could I could feel like him saying, "Say, I need to add something in here about how they're bad because otherwise this could be really misinterpreted." <laughs> but they will take it over, and that's they are they are bad. Okay. Um, but it's it's fine. I like I like that there's a hollow there, and that we get the doctor and Yaz together because they don't aren't together in this episode at all. Hmm. Yes, it was very nice with their their uh, relationship as well, and that sense of 
how far it's developed and how well they knew each other. And I really could have done with a little... I'm really so annoyed the season's almost over. Yeah, I know. The, Infuriating. Um, the, I, I, amused, I was amused by the... They tried to do the time travel conceit that often will work in Doctor Who, where you send a message to the future. And then, mm-hmm. and then they, you know, River Song, we've seen it in a bunch of different ways. You send the message into the future and then the time traveler sees it in the future and then comes back and they solve your problem. Except mm-hmm. they do this at the Great Wall of China. Um, I think there's a play on like scene from space, the Great Wall of China, which is kind of a misconception because lots of human made things yes. are seen from space. But, but in fairness, it's fine. their letters are bigger than the wall is they, wide. It is. They, they did a lot of work. They used a lot of machetes. They, a lot of paint went into this. But... The, all in the service of the joke, which is that in the future, in 2021, Carvanista is orbiting the Earth and he finds this thing and he says, I don't have time travel, <laughs> you idiot, to Dan, who's not there. And uh, I thought that was really funny. Like, they're very clever about it, but mm-hmm. but it doesn't work yeah. if they don't have time travel. So And and also, Car- Carvanista again, every moment that dog always on screen, it's just, <laughs> I love He's it. He's so grumpy. He's such a grumpy little boy. But he's oh, such yes, an he is. Who adorable. Is a grumpy boy? <laughs> he's such an adorable grumpy boy, though. It's like you, you know, he caught fire the people, idiots, especially you, kind of thing. But that's his human, mm-hmm. and he will protect yep. him. And oh, oh, it's just so warm and fuzzy. I love it. Uh, the other, so when they do get finally, they realize that it, um, it, it's the digging guy. It's Joseph Williamson. They need to go to Liverpool. Um, which leads to they end up down up. Uh, oh, a, a lady like yourself shouldn't go down there. And she's like, "Don't worry about me, mate. It's these other two you got to worry about." Uh, which I like. I always love. Yaz is learned from the doctor. It feels like a little bit too. Like Yaz is going to take charge. Um, but they end up down there, and and he says, "Oh, Dan says I'll I'll talk to him." Um, and and it leads to that. Oh, are you from Liverpool? Why have you never mentioned it before, Dan? <laughs> Good. I love that. Yeah, the return walk on Sheffield, and I just love. Yeah. My God, they're they're it's it's jokes from the north of England. Yep. Like where where are we where have these been over the past sixty years, mm-hmm. people? It's and I just it makes me feel good. Where actually is Chibnall from? Is he from the north? I don't know. Be- because I love that we got, maybe he felt he had to adopt uh, a part that gets short shrift because obviously we had Welsh jokes with RTD, Scottish jokes with Moffat. Right. And the thing that my, my worst, the worst thing about Chibnall is that like, what kind of jokes are we going to have with you? Are you just a, a Londoner? And no, maybe, maybe he is from, where are you he checking? Is, uh, he is from Formby. So he is from the north. He's a commuter so these, town these for Liverpool. His, yeah. These. Oh my God. So he's like joined in, and he's got his yep. northern. Oh my. Okay. Right. I'm very. I feel all warm and fuzzy at that. <laughs> That's brilliant. I didn't know. Brilliant. I didn't chips. know that either. Brilliant. I'm there very pleased is. now. So it is. There. Yeah, I, I learned a thing. He he started with Sheffield, but now has moved straight on to Liverpool for this. Uh, That's That's fantastic. This series. Um. This segment ends with knocks on all the doors because again the uh, the various doors. Um. And uh, and we don't know what's behind them, and that's revealed right at the very end. But we should we should move on to um, another segment. And I want to quiz you. Well, it's not quiz you. I have I have uh, hoping you will help me. Okay. With your with your grand Doctor Who knowledge. <laughs> um, so we have this whole uh, other por- portion of the episode, which is the Grand Serpent, who we've seen before, who um, Vinder yeah. worked for. He is <laughs> he is on Earth. This validates, I think, the Vinder is actually working for the Division. 
Mm -hmm. Um, thing because he was supposed to be working for the Grand Serpent, although the Grand Serpent says he used to have people to do this sort of thing, and now he just does it himself. So maybe, maybe not. He's been sent to to Earth to basically put himself in a position where he can betray the defense of the Earth, and he essentially takes over UNIT by insinuating himself in beginning in 1958 as Mr. Prentice. Um, he specializes in space threats, uh, which I, I I thought where's Torchwood in all of this? That isn't brought up. Like I don't I don't know if you've met Torchwood, but they're not the most competent. Yeah, of the, agencies. There uh, could could he not have infiltrated that fairly? Maybe he did infiltrate that very easily, and it wasn't a problem. But maybe he, had, maybe he thought maybe maybe they're just I I need people who can actually fire the weapons at the right places. Yeah, at so the right time. Th- that's fair. So this this uh this this agent. The Grand Serpent is yeah. essentially laying the groundwork in 1958, where they're beginning to um, work on uh, what will become UNIT. Yeah, uh, because they have they have noticed some stuff happening. I am not completely sure what they're referring. There must have been some hints. Um, I can I don't know what they mean there. However, later on we do yes. get well, mentions of the post office tower. So that's the war that's machines, a, right? That yeah, that's the war machines. And uh, the, and we get we and we get Nicholas Courtney's voice as Corporal Lethbridge Stewart, who is answering a phone and is a bit shouty. Uh, no, it wouldn't be Corporal; it'd be Colonel. He said. Did he say uh, Colonel? I thought he said Corporal. I thought he was said he's brand new, but maybe not. Okay, maybe maybe he did. That'd be a bit weird. That between. Okay, what what year hmm. was that? Nineteen sixty-seven. That would be very weird then if he somehow went from Corporal to Colonel in less than a year technically depending on where you think which year you think web of fear is actually set but um right but well, i think it should be colonel but it's well, yeah no, no no it must be okay I'll, it must I'll, be I'll, ju- take, I'll take your word it, for it it must be, sorry it must it be between that that scene is between web of fear and the invasion because web of fear is when less research person counts alien stuff for the first time but as far as he's concerned he doesn't know about unit and then Invasion is the first unit story, so so there and he's it is. Colonel, and, so okay, yeah, and okay. Uh, and and if you're interested, where that line's from, it's uh, it's Terror of the Autons. I think it's part four, it might be part three, but that's that's where they borrowed it from. Okay, BRF. so then we get there's a there's a uh, oh there's a line the NHS be damned unit is the project for which the public will be grateful, which I just thought was <laughs> okay, um, interesting. <laughs> Um, and then there's well. a, there's that there's a the unit lab now okay um, we've it, it has a TARDIS in it found in a deserted village in Devon can you tell me yes. what this is referring to? Um, no, that isn't that the Weeping Angel Village. Oh, so this is where the TARDIS ended up. Oh, that's oh that's interesting. I, so it's been there all along since it's it's been in the government's custody since since 1903. Um, hmm. or whenever they found or, it, or when yeah, you're right. The deserted village. I didn't even think about that. I assumed that this was an old episode reference, but it's not. It's that they picked it up when it was abandoned in the village of the angels. I think aren't they going to turn that village into a, a barracks or something? They said as well. well. Oh, so that's... and and it's the village of the angels from 1967, right? Because that's when the episode takes place before they get sent back in time. So it, it's it's contemporaneous to that. To last week's episode. That's what it is. Excellent. I am glad that you have made notes that have like <sighs> dates on them and things because mm-hmm. I have, I have no well, idea. They, they put a date on the screen and then I write it down and I'm like, this must be. I important. I know. Sometimes I it did. isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did. 
I do remember. Yeah, I, I do remember there being dates on the screens. Yeah. Um, I just uh, so so that's the story. So so uh, contemporaneous with uh, Lethbridge Stewart off screen, um, we're in this unit unit lab. I love this set. It is paying homage to the John Pertwee era. Yes, even though yeah. it's set or it's like pre. John Pertwee era, but it is it is the the place where if this is not the same lab, this is the lab that became the lab that became the lab that the doctor. There, was there are a lot of different labs. Yeah. They never look the same. And I'm sitting there thinking, I love this. It's got a police box. It's it's kind of dark. It's not very well lit, but it's definitely a unit lab. And I was very excited until I got much more excited when they turned around and there was a blinky light reel to reel computer. <laughs> <laughs> that I got really excited about because I do love a Star Trek and early Doctor Who and other 70s, 60s sci-fi blinky light reel-to-reel yeah. tape computer. They're the best. I'm I'm just kind of hoping like or assuming that Serpent Dude, once he found out about that computer, had it destroyed and all records of it destroyed. Because otherwise, why would the Brigadier not have it in Spearhead in Space? I don't know. Yeah, check. well, he would be... Oh, no, wait, no, no. No, no, that was propri- okay. Never mind, because they do find out. He, he, okay, he, it might have been okay, so but it's still. This is going to be never- my next question for you, which is: they have a sample spore that everyone says is not of this Earth. Uh huh. What is that? Is that is that a reference? Okay. And do we know what reference that might be? I, I was. It did not. I mean, okay. Did hmm. I look away, or was I distracted by the dog at this point? What did the spore this, look like? The, they didn't show it. They just said we we're testing it on. It's because they've got <laughs> conveniently the general has a device that you get to scan someone and see if they're an alien or not. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. No. the one person he shouldn't scan <laughs> yes, is the person is... he scans. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then he dies by by snake choking thing from Yeah, I'm the just um if if it's if there's spores, nothing's Star Trek that makes me think of Star Trek the Side of Paradise. Well, I was thinking of like the Seeds of Doom. Yeah, the other things, yeah, they were in Antarctica. And they weren't unburied until that episode. Um, right. Yeah, there's there's nothing that that pings. It could. I don't know if you wanted to. It'd been very easy to make a, a reference you could you could spot. Okay, I've forgotten that bit as well. But well, I don't. N- nothing. Yeah. Now I want to go and check and see if I can. Th- it's got to be referencing on. something, and I don't know exactly what. But there were lots of or, episodes with various sort of alien seeds and spores that it could be. It's... I I know, <laughs> but I've seen them all several times. Yeah, right. And it's like I we can go to like the seeds of death, but that's in the future with uh-huh. the the ice wars and Tiamat. Um, technically, you know, axos the axos claws are pretty tentacly in that, but it doesn't arrive till later. Um, as you said, the seeds of doom. Um, the auton doodas, they, they just way to mistake them for mm. spores. But yeah, there's a, there's there is a kind of uh, vervoids, but again, space and future. Right. Hence, hence, nothing immediately pings because okay. you're, you're looking about specifically spores and in the present day, at the at the time. Um, so yeah, I'm sorry. This this seems very. I I care about this a lot, but I'm feel like it, it, that's a minority. It feels, view. yes, I know. I, it feels very strongly. This is one of those funny things where I get so excited because we're in the 60s and it's unit and we just yeah. heard Lethbridge Stewart and they mentioned <laughs> the post office 
uh, tower. I just died. It was pissed. And and so then I'm primed for references. And so when they say we found it in a deserted village in Devon, I literally don't think of last week's episode. (laughs) Because I'm trying to think, well, what classic Doctor Who episode are they referring to there? And it's not. It's actually our Doctor's TARDIS from last week. (laughs) But I'm thinking, well, in 1969... Well, the closest, the closest, not geographically, but um, would be Derbyshire. But that's just because it starts with a D. Yeah. Uh, And they didn't even take the TARDIS, so... No, it's... it's, uh, So that sample spore, maybe somebody will say that that is actually... uh, Maybe they just wanted to show... Um, other alien thingamajiggeries they had that yeah. maybe off screen. I love, I, anyway, I love this scene uh, because I love the blinky computer and I love the lab and I love that the TARDIS <laughs> is parked in the corner very much like it would have been in the Pertwee era, yeah. except yeah. this is Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS and it's parked here uh, by by 1967 unit. Um, we get we get the the 80s where where the Grand Serpent wants to be the chair of the uh, the oversight committee and the thing, the one thing you don't say to an alien uh, killer is you'll you'll get what you yeah. want over my dead body. <laughs> I was like, okay, why are you saying I, that mm. was that was a sort of why why are you making the dialogue a little bit rubbish <laughs> like that when you've literally just had these awesome lines beforehand? I love the stuff about how well actually nobody likes nobody you likes very you. much. I, I I find you quite personable myself, and I thought that was great. That was so it felt almost yeah. like if they did a West Yes Minister sci fi episode, you know, it's leaning in here. Well, you could have Sir Humphrey I'd- Appleby walking in. It doesn't track the over my dead body line doesn't actually even track with his attitude because his attitude is if it were me, I would put you in charge of it. And he's totally asking, lying about it. Yeah, but you're no, asking that, that... me too much. I can't make it happen. But instead he's like, no, uh, you'll never be that guy that you want to be. And no. it's like, well, you, you acted like he were his ally. Why would you stop acting? Because like him? He, eh. he, yeah, yeah. Because he absolutely was saying no very firmly, very firmly mm-hmm. and very British civil servantly. So yeah, you're absolutely right. But it was a firm no in the context of that. And then suddenly he's like, what, you're now acting like a, a punchy, punchy, I don't know, military dude or something. I, I would have, like, that's, I would have bought it actually more if if they had allowed Prentice slash the Grand Serpent to get like sort of drop the veil a little bit more and say no you will do this for me I this is yeah. a, right right and did like a v- big villainy thing so that the the general or whoever or the the I guess. I think it's some sort of government servant. functionary. Yes, yeah, so would say, "Well, now, never, never over my dead body will I allow you." But it, yeah. it doesn't really read that way. So that uh, suffice it to say, he dies right like this. He does die. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, but he also yeah. felt. I know it's. I know it's in the eighties by now. But he still felt like they were roaming around in Pertwee-ish times mm-hmm. with the the officious civil servant oh. who's like definitely not going to help. But you know, is the could it be Pertwee time in the eighties? M- maybe. No. No, we're no, not doing not, this. This no. is this is. It might no. Well, actually, no, it's not. No. And also, okay. If it and also, is, no. I don't care. It still isn't. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, I did like the line though uh, that I mentioned earlier, which is, I, I used to have mm. people in empires to do this for me, but I've learned that nothing be- beats the personal touch. As as a line from a murderer killing somebody goes, I, I kind of like that. Which which is yeah. the like I used to have my people kill people for me, but I kind of like killing them myself. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I also feel guy. like that. 
it's he that's a bad guy with a with a, a self-confidence problem because mm-hmm. he's like he's he he obviously does miss his empires and his people but he's trying to talk himself and yeah. it's much better this way it's much better this way yeah. I, I i didn't need all that the, that power i was and, the employer now i'm stuff. the employee but no 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 yeah. i like it i like it i like the work is yeah, honest I, I like it yeah it's, it's so much better <laughs> being self-employed than having all those amazing benefits and and planets and and mm-hmm. stuff it's like dude no we, okay. we know that you don't like this as much and so in a moment that would have been great if she wasn't in the in the trailer last week, uh, there's here's Kate Stewart in 2017. Yeah, that's it, one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm really excited. But then I think, what if she hadn't been? In the yeah, uh, it would have been a great moment of like, oh, we just heard the brig, and now here she is. And this is great because we've seen the Grand Serpent kill everybody who's stood in his way. And yeah. and she says, and, and and it's also referencing the fact that we've heard that unit was get, got wound down, yeah, in the past. So th- this is it turns out it was the Grand Serpent who was doing this as part of a plot, and she says, "You're gambling that nobody notices and nobody cares, but I care." And I'm on to you. And by the way, I have a shield, so you're not going to be able to kill me like all those other people that I know you killed. Which is just such a great moment because you're worried for her in that moment, right? Yeah, I I genuinely was. It was like just a little bit. But I think if I definitely had been like a kid, I'd have been very scared. Um, We just see him kill lots of people with his little serpent strangling thing. But then the this the stuff that scene there was so good. The stuff and then we he got gaslights from Kate. her. And then he gaslights her. Right, calm down. He tells her at one point. I was like, oh, oh. I mean, I've seen but you she's... murder people, and and you're you're going to have the earth be destroyed. But but now you're gaslighting Kate Stewart. I'm very angry with you. <laughs> Nothing. It's like you you can make no psychological ploy that is going to move that woman an inch. Yeah. The body language there was. Oh, but just I loved it at, so much. At, after she's revealed everything about him, you know, all he's left to do is gaslight her. So he says, you know, you're just getting upset. You're getting emotional. I, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't tell her to smile more. Um, <laughs> but uh, he does tell her that uh, that she's, uh, you know, that, that she's she should calm down. Mm, mm. Uh, and she basically uh, says, I'm going to I'm the head of unit. I'm not going to let you do this. And. I'll call in a favor from someone we both know you don't want to argue with. Ha ha. Wink. Um, and uh, and then unclear if it's literally that night or a, a later night, but then they, they put a, a nice uh, noisy, ticky, beeping bomb on her doorway so that she can run away and not. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to believe that she's just that good, that she's always scanning for bombs and she knows that the bomb is there. And she radios Osgood and says yeah. she has to go dark and that's in 2017. So... She's nice on the case. Little moment. Yeah, but she, what's she been doing for the past three years? Mm. Presumably, get to find out next week. Obviously, if we don't, yes. Obviously, if we don't have an, because everything is still very split up. I'm assuming everything will actually come together, and everyone will be in the same room and shake hands, and be very happy. Uh-huh. But if we don't get a very nice meeting between Kate and the Doctor, I'm going to be so upset. I agree. And the thing is, I don't when or when it happens, I'm confident. I don't think I'm going to be. I think I'm going to like it. Like I, the, her writing here. I, I loved her. Her it's, it's pretty much a cameo, but it was so good. So yep. good. Magical stuff. Uh, which takes us to 2021, and we get a few yes. things going on. The Grand Serpent, obviously, is he's going to lower all defenses, arm all the weapons, and point them at the cities on Earth. And and uh, he says, yeah, so I just Cent- don't. Centaurans, come on in. 
Yeah, I, I do not care about the Grand Serpent so much. He he was my least favourite aspect of this episode. I just, I don't yeah, care. He, he's, I, I well, it was paced enough that that's what I liked about it, is he just hops from place to place and does a bad guy thing until yeah, he gets and what I'm he wants. Gl- I'm glad we got the unit stuff, and mm-hmm. I don't think it's like he's terrible or anything. It's just like, it's like, okay, yes, he's Grant Serpent, he does have a sneaky thing, but he still feels very stereotype villain. You know, I'm not, Mm-hmm. It's like compare, I'm comparing him to Swarm, and it's, I'm not. I need something from him. I need some edgy thing to like, like Swarm. The moment that he was when he said he was going to reign in hell, that sort of really cemented right. him and his identity <laughs> and who he was as a villain. You know, okay, you know, of your evil things. What's your particular evil angle going on here? Are you after power, order, chaos, destruction, death? What's your thing? And I don't. I haven't got a frigging clue what the Grand Serpent's no, doing. He's, than... he's just a, he's like a, uh, a functionary whose job it is yeah. to make this happen. And and I was thinking about how Doctor Who, especially this season, has done this a few times, but it, it happens where you have the split plot lines and you send the companions over here and the Doctor over here and, and then they, mm-hmm. they come together at the end. And this episode has three different lines. The, the second line is held together by the Grand Serpent, which is an interesting challenge and i think that's maybe why you have uh unit and the tardis there and the blinky lights and you have kate stewart is <laughs> is that it's almost like well if we're gonna have the through line be the grand serpent maybe we need to have its his partner be kind of doctor who history a little bit just to mm-hmm. pull to to make us engage a little bit more because we don't really care about him we're just yeah. sort of seeing what his plan is and is that enough and so we get kate and we get that unit lab and that's all good mm-hmm. that makes sense um so the the it all culminates in this 2021 england uh carvinista it warns a ship that it's out of formation the shield is breachable he's going to call up another ship that can be brought in it turns out that this is the uh the the ship that bell has been flying around this season um uh-huh. and she talks to her little tamagotchi thing which is called take me uh i i noted in the captions which i hadn't known before um that she finds a weird big thing in space but she is hyperjacked by Carvinista, who wants that ship to protect the Earth. Of course, at the moment that she is hyperjacked, Vinder shows up at the same weird thing in space and says, there's nobody here. In one of the most on-the-nose bits of dialogue in the whole episode, he says, oh, there's nobody here. And then you hear the sound of the ship leaving, and he goes, oh, hyperdrive, someone's in a hurry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, you just missed her. It's tragic. Um, yeah. but uh, Azure and Swarm are there with a bunch of people who are around glowy things and they are told that they are objects who represent space and they are time Azure and Swarm and so these people are their playthings and their power source and turn them all into glitter it's sort of a mass production glitterification of people uh, mm-hmm. to grow the time force for whatever it is that uh, that Azure and Swarm are trying to do which we find out sort of what it is later in the episode because um, she says it's working, we're ready, we can connect with her again. And uh, then we find out who she is later on, but we'll get to that part. Um, and this is also where uh, Vinder runs into them and they suck him into Passenger, uh, which is interesting because I have been theorizing for a while now, like what's actually inside Passenger, because they mm-hmm. say that it's like a prison or something, but it could be anything. It's like a little pocket universe, plus very TARDIS-like. And he runs into Dan's friend, die from Liverpool in there and she's got she wants uh, to use Vinder's gun because she's got some scores to settle and that's sort of where that part is left <laughs> yeah 
But I like their columns and buildings and things inside. Like the passenger is not, you know, eternal blackness and all it, it people. It seemed pretty empty, though. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I liked that it seemed, you know, pleasant mm-hmm. uh, and nice open sky. You're not feeling too claustrophobic. No. So who knows? Maybe it's a vacation in there. I don't know. Um, other than the, if they use you to make more time glitter, that would be bad. But if you're just getting to hang out in there like like Dance Friend is, then maybe it's okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be a very impressive escape pod. If like, oh, no, we have to evacuate the planet. How do we build enough ships? And right. you come up and it's like, here, Run into you the can passenger. just all get on board this. We'll zap you somewhere safe and yeah. you can get out. Yeah. Job done. Um, this also is where we get, uh, as in the other stories, uh, they're under attack. Somebody's trying to break in and board the Lupari ship. Who is it? Uh, the answer is it is uh, the Centaurans because all these stories are converging at that moment. Um, and that's when the, the Centaurans are, are coming through. And they also come through, you know, the, the tunnels and that's it's all happening at once. Which brings us to mm-hmm. the doctor and all the things that the doctor has to do, which involve yeah. uh, she was an angel. You may remember. I, I do remember that. Appar- yes. Apparently, it's just a traveling thing. They travel as angels because she kind of gets out of the lair, wanders around, blinks. There's a, they're quantum locked. Maybe that helps when you're popping outside of the universe. I did. Yeah. I did kind of love it simply for the visual of standing that, like it felt. I don't know a graveyard of angels or something. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly creepy. And another, just there's been so many angel visuals last episodes too. And that, that my feeling was. Um, we needed more space so we could appreciate each one rather than saying, here's a cool thing and another cool thing. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely, the thing is, they were all, they all actually were also cool things. And this was another just great image and really, for me, very pleasantly creepy. Liked it a lot. Yeah, I think, sometimes I think with the Weeping Angels, they are at their best when you're reacting to them or seeing them and feeling mm-hmm. how scary they are. And that the more they become prosaic, the more they become mechanical of we have to go yeah. from point A to point B, then they're then they're just another horror movie monster. But when they're the threat of them and the, the vision of them is when they're the most effective. They're like really good at being scary. Um, and so that this is great. Like there's a it's like an endless kind of field of weeping angels. Yeah. That she's this is a horrifying weeping angel dimension. Mm-hmm. There is nothing in any direction apart from more angels. Oh God! If that was a computer game, there was like some weird thing. So, oh God, that'd be really creepy. <laughs> oh no! I'm oh. so uh, we arrive and 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 uh, an ood appears. Uh, yes, love love an ood. Love 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 to see them. Love I don't have strong them. feelings about the. <laughs> I, I I enjoy them because they were originally sold as a monster and turn out to just be nice. They're nice. Oh. They're, they're very helpful creatures. I, I, I just want them to be freer. You know, yes. I want them to to get their own thing on. I, I want the sensorites to come over from the sensphere to the sphere and be mm-hmm. like cousins. Yes, let us teach you about culture and how to embrace it. Mm-hmm. They're and working your on ways. it. Oh. Ud Sigma is working on it. They're working I hope, on it. I hope so. It's, still, I, it's I, a work in progress. They're very easily I, taken away by mean ladies in hats and told to do yeah, evil work I, for them. I, I do want the... I know, but that... Yeah, and it sounds, sounds like a little bit sensory, you know, we know better than you, but I don't want it to be like that. I want them to be, like, really enthusiastic and helpful and, I don't know, something to, yeah. to just make the Ud feel confident in themselves. Do their own things. In their ways. Yeah. yeah. 
So, like, like maybe they could get a fashion designer and have some different clothes. That, uh, the oud smock is not. I mean, they could still I, wear that sometimes, but maybe yeah, another that, color. Maybe, yeah, it's just like have they approached a fashion designer? Have they mm. attempted to design their own fashion? Has someone taken them to a fashion show to and, see what they think? And you think that they would because they are the rare um, alien species that comes with its own accessory. Because yes. they all have the little sphere. Oh, so. can you imagine all the little, they get into this and they discover all the sort of accessories they can have for their little mm-hmm. balls. Like they could have little little um, frilly bits or, or they could have googly eyes stuck to it or little hats or fluffy ears. There could be a, a little pocket that it goes in. Yes. It's, there's, there's so many things, mm-hmm. so many things. And they're just missing out. So we, the lady with the hat is back and she indeed was trimming a tree. There's a big tree in this space, which I thought that she was doing some gardening of some sort. Um, this is division um, based on some speculation that I made, I think uh, a couple of weeks ago and last week um, division is indeed a double meaning because division is located outside of the universe in the space between universes. So there is sort of this mm-hmm. implication that it is a division of division between universes in which they live, not just sort of a division of a bureaucratic entity. Mm-hmm. And after a whole bunch of back and forth between the doctor and and this woman with the hat, who compl- the doctor complains, you know, you're being evasive. There's a lot of rumbling and bumping, so it feels almost like they're on a TARDIS. It is TARDIS-like, sort of, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a big yeah, central I, tree. I, as they were approaching, I thought, is this like a new TARDIS design? So, yeah. It I, kind of is like a universe TARDIS or something, right? It's 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 clearly the implication we're trying to be given here by the set design is it's sort of The great Lord TARDIS technology. tree and then the fruit of this are little TARDISes. Mm. It takes artistry to make a TARDIS tree, is a thing I said just then. Um <laughs> Um, come back, Liz. Come back. Don't go. Hello. Did I, it, it sort <laughs> of, to break up I, I heard static there for yeah, a few I, that's probably that's probably all for the best. Um, so we get a download here. I thought it was fairly dramatic. I thought it was more dramatic than poor um, Master last season who had to tell us a story um, in long stretches of dialogue. But it still is a download yeah. of information about... The history of Tectayun and the Time Lords and Division and the Doctor and more information about how it all came together and what Division is. We get a lot of that here. Mm-hmm. I I think this stuff mostly carried, I was carried through it by the fact that I thought Whitaker and whoever was playing Tectayun were very good. Mm-hmm. And that they had a lot of, of chemistry in that. And there was a really beautiful moment that I freaking loved, despite my feelings about this particular storyline, where Tectayun's like, I'm the person you used to call mother. Mm-hmm. That was a nice beat. Yeah. Because if it, the idea that that, that uh, I just, I love that. I love that. I so messed up. What an incredibly messed up relationship they have. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, my problem is I, don't, I do not like that storyline. Um, and sort of um, head kind of away most of the time. But I'm sort of, I, I almost have this magical hope that it'll be something like she's a Time Lord from another universe, so which I could cope with. This is this is the thing is is this episode? So I, you know, there are theories going around um, uh, that we we covered a little bit last time. Um, I, I'm concerned that we are getting closer and closer to those theories being correct. Yeah, a- and I'm hoping that it will it will be a little bit of a twist at some point. What? God, yes, I hope so. What I like, okay. There's so much information here that gets downloaded. What I like about this, 
I don't even know if I want to say I like it. I think I think what disappoints me, I'll start there. Let's start with disappointment about this is <laughs> it seems very straightforward the way it's described in that yes. it's essentially like, well, I am Tecteun. I picked a law of conservation of characters. You've met Tecteun before. So, of course, I must be somebody you've met. I'm Tecteun. OK. And then it's, you know, I was behind this all along and um, we found I found you. It You came from universe two into universe one and the doctor what i like i guess is the doctor saying you don't know you don't know where i was did i come from that universe was i left by somebody who went there uh were we going there and she does it in this frame of sort of like you know you you took me away from my destiny and 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 uh i don't know if i like that angle of it so much but i do like throwing the questions on this whole premise of like do we are we making a lot of assumptions about where the doctor came from we don't really know because the truth is what i like about the timeless child storyline is i like the ambiguity i kind of want it to be the doctor came from somewhere else and we and it's unknowable where the yeah, doctor I, came from. I don't because I don't like the doctor being special. What makes the doctor special true. is rejecting her society and running away. It's not I'm a magic person from somewhere else who gives you all regeneration. I think that's fair. Rem- yeah. Um that's so, fair. But, so but what I, I don't what I don't want is it to be I've invented this entire origin for the doctor and now let me tell you all the details about who yes, her parents were and why she came there and all of that. So we've got a complete we can close the book on the doctor, everything is known. It's like I if you're going to do something like this, yeah. make it make it that we knew too much about the doctor and that character needs to be more mysterious again. But I feel yeah. like in in one swoop uh, Chris Chibnall is making the Doctor mysterious again and then immediately solving all the mysteries. Well, we, yeah, I am sort of hopeful based on how much fun the series has been so far that they'll be, like, I have, I have a, I, I'm scared of thinking, like, what would I want here? What would I think the coolest thing to be? And I, I feel like I want some sort of time loop thing for the Doctor mm-hmm. that, I don't know, the Time Lords evacuated to this other universe and then she was somehow sent back to this one. And so she's only created the Time Lords because she was a Time Lord herself originally. Something like that. Right. That I can, I then I'd be able to totally get behind it because that doesn't exactly make her special, just vaguely unfortunate that she somehow got back. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. And I know the thing no. about Belle and, and Vinder, the idea that they, they cannot be, surely it cannot be that they're the Doctor's parents because that's just the obvious thing. And right. also... Why would you that's do why, that? That's why I think that's why I want it to be the master, right? I want I yeah, want it to be my, if you think about what happened in the last episode of last season, the master is distraught because the master is found out that the, that the doctor is special and the master is not special. It's like, well, what if the master is also special or or All they right. are equally not special or they are equally special, whatever I, it is. My my own personal theory, which I think Ooh. very unlikely, but I could totally get behind, is in fact that Vinder is the doctor and Belle is the master and that's their kid. Oh. Uh, from when there were wow. in the division days, this this is a theory I picked. Oh. Some people who are very upset about the doctor's parents. Thing. Wow, that's good. I like they, that. That's they that. like my idea. But well, it's not going to be that obviously. No, it's probably just like, not. That, and it's probably not what... Susan. Although you know, again, it's, it's never, never Susan. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't. Don't even like. That's the one thing it can't be. Is it's never. 
It's never yeah. Susan. But I, I, yes, I am. I'm concerned. There may be a grace note here. It may be that his last move in this episode next week is it's not what you think I was going for. It is slightly different and that there's yeah. some connection that we're not seeing yet because he's obscured yes, it. This is what I'm hoping for. Well, because well, saying specifically, you came from universe two and we're going to universe two and we'll let you like that's really intriguing. Like you said, is it a twisty turny thing where the timelets go to universe two, which leads to the doctor going to universe one as the timeless child and that she's not special. She just goes and then comes back. I, I love the idea. Not, not merely special. She sort of tripped into the, the tunnel thing the right. and fell down it. It's like just terrible accident. Sorry. Right. Cause, <laughs> cause the one thing that I don't want that I, yeah. I think I agree with you about is there is a at least a threat in, implicit in this episode that what's going to happen is that the doctor is going to be sent back to universe one to save it. And everybody else is going to go off to universe two or maybe Swarm and Azure are going to go eat all the universes. I don't know. But yeah. I don't want to end up in a scenario where the status quo for Doctor Who going forward is the the universe the you know the multiverse sent loved our universe so much that it sent us the doctor to save it and the doctor is an eternal being who whose job is only to save our universe now i know that in practice that's kind of what the doctor is but i don't want the premise of the show to be literally that the doctor is the designated savior of the universe right no, like that that would just hmm. make it even worse that cuz that's yeah. you know that's uh, that's what the heart the heart of the show is always to me, their rejection of their aristo status and to go out and defend people who can't defend themselves. Right. And and I know that wasn't strictly speaking what was happening in, in season one with Hartnell, but certainly by the end of that, like in um was it was it um Dalek Invasion where he was like, No, we're gonna stay and we're gonna fight. And from then on that's been definitely it's it's leaned mostly in that direction yeah. most of the time. So what gives me hope is that I think an undercurrent with the whole Joe Martin thing last season and into this season and the dialogue in this episode with Tech Tayun covers it as well is the doctor. <laughs> there's that line of like, uh, you know, I, I, I forget whether it's like, I thought you could, I thought you would be different or I don't know why you're, you, you, what you do doesn't surprise me, but it is, it is a moment where it's very clear that what Chris Chibnall is saying is the doctor is who they are always is. You can erase all memory from this person and they will mm -hmm. still be the doctor. That character is going to be who they are no matter what you do. And I like yeah. that because that's saying the doctor is exactly who we think she is. Um, and and no, nothing can prevent that no matter what. <laughs> I like that part of it. Yeah. There, there's a lot of the conversation I really like. Mostly, mostly her uh, tech team trying to be emotionally manipulative. Yep. And that, that sort of, that um, tension between almost despising the person that she's that sort of her child while she's been horrifically abusive towards, but also wanting them to join her in a new adventure and genuinely believing that this will be a great thing. Mm -hmm. And I think she also had some lines in the previous one where it was, it was if I remember correctly, throwing some of the, well, not the doctor, but um, it was... Doctor presumably has some sense, but certainly Sarah Jane and and Scorunia, but everything has its time and everything ends, and that applies right. to the universe as well. And um, that feels like this almost leaned into that a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, I'm sort of 
half and half with the the explanation of division because it you know like a, a massive secret society that controls everything secretly and has done forever right that's that's not exactly the most exciting reveal ever right but the idea the the fact that she's got this space between universes and that this one universe is collapsing and she wants to escape to another universe i feel that that's much more interesting yeah the you're right. I think that's the core of my disappointment with with this episode, which I like. But when we talk about the download of the storyline in this, this segment is lots of story arc download happening. Mm. And what I dislike about it is in all the ways that it feels very simple and exactly what you would expect. And there's no uh, extra... Uh, twist or seasoning or anything it's very much exactly what you would imagine so when and again maybe the setup here is that it's not that and i hope that's the case and we'll find out next week but when she says we are we are essentially a secret organization built by the time lords to guide everything and that means we do interfere because we we know best it's It's like okay you're the celestial intervention agency yes that was my thought as well you're you're everything we already knew about what the time lords dirty secrets are why is that yeah. a revelation at but because all. They're, because they're bigger and more secret. And that just is like... <laughs> and the whole okay. universe now is... There. And, and, it's, and it's all the species in the universe as well, which is just um, immensely unsatisfying yeah. in a way that... But as, as I said, the, 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 um, the, the creation of the, the flux, the universe being destroyed, or the, I feel like... I don't know. It's just because, because that to me hints at something much more interesting like okay maybe the, the the flux was apparently created but what if this was a phenomenon that was going to destroy the universe and i don't know she she's getting out and she's not trying to help or or she's trying to collapse right. it faster to save another universe or some something like that something where there's some real conflict in her motivations the, the the classic one of she's doing something where the ends justify the means, but we can totally understand why she thinks that's a good idea. I, I'm a little bit baffled, but again, and she may be an unreliable interlocutor. She may not actually be saying the truth. We won't know. She gets turned into glitter. So mm. who knows? But um, which is convenient because she can't explain herself anymore. But um, she implies that the reason the universe has to end is because all of the work of the division across all of time and space in the universe was foiled by the existence of the doctor that literally everything that the doctor has been fighting for all of this time has been against the division and and the division's plans for whatever for order or yeah, the right way that's, of things that's the thing what what is their plan what are they doing no well that's that's my question is other than just sort of like we represent everything that's bad and and you re, you represent freedom well, and we represent control but what, they they sounded the like they were. Game? What's the wrong with a little bit of of control? That's what stops people from crashing their buses yeah. into houses. <laughs> I just don't. I, mean, I don't understand the the I, the end game there, and the yeah, idea that the doctor would somehow be responsible for. Essentially, we had to destroy that universe because you messed it up by fighting us. It's like, well, why don't you just leave? You can leave to go to another universe. Why are you imploding this universe to get rid of the doctor? I mean, because you're you're really annoyed, maybe. Um, but yet, well, no, it's I just. Think so. it's, it, it, <laughs> but she doesn't seem that annoyed. It's it's more like disappointment. I, I'm yeah. not angry with you, Doctor. I'm disappointed. disappointed. I also would say I think that there's definitely a lot of delusion here. There is a line that I liked, but I wish had been countered immediately, which mm-hmm. was when Tecteon says, Everything you are is because of me. 
And I thought, well, wait a second. Rather the reverse, right, is what the doctor should say there is literally everything you are and everything the Time Lords are is because of me. Because we saw that episode last year and we know that all the Time Lord regeneration technology and everything like that. Look, that, that the Master and Tectune may have been lying and I can yeah. go on believing that if I wish. Well, that's that's of- what I'm saying is that I'm not sure I believe her either. But I thought <laughs> that that was a, a, a ridiculous sort of, at the very least, a self-delusional kind of line to say you owe yes. everything to me when it's very clear but, how much the Time Lords owe to the Doctor. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh yeah, it's not I, I'm not thinking that Tectune is, you know, having having uh murdered the child that called her mother over and over again to get uh regen, if that right. is indeed what mm-hmm. happened. I'm thinking that they're not the most, you know, um humble it individual. Does. It does make that flashback seem a bit more sinister. I already felt it was a bit sinister because it was very much like I experimented on my child, killing them many times to find out the secret of regeneration. Like, really? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Really? And, and that child <laughs> called them mother. That's mm-hmm. what's. And I just, I just, oh. I, I think that's, you know, that that's one of the big pluses of that scene for me, just because of how the interactions based on that is, that is twisted. That is seriously yeah. twisted. I love that stuff. So the, um. um the the by the way the doctor immediately then has the ood um, betray Tectaeon which totally works um and and it's never... like dude don't don't you realize all the ood are in there yeah. it's like oh did you not realize that ood I I have no rabbits or hats this this is this is <laughs> if this if a sensorite had been gone with the ood there should be like I bet the sensorite would have noticed yeah probably probably so um, I'm sorry ood this is let's see the um. The implication here is that the flux, yes, is being caused because they're going to basically kill this universe in order to move on to the next. And that that Swarm and Azure were really just meant to set this whole flux business in place, um, except what we what if what we find out is that Swarm and Azure have uh, been uh, plotting all this time to with the doctors uh, unwitting help, essentially make a connection to Division so that they can go to Division and have their. Uh, revenge on division. So this episode ends with Tectium turned into glitter, and and uh, Azure and Swarm standing in the midst of division, threatening the Doctor and having potentially the power to I don't know travel the multiverse, take over other universes. It's kind of unclear. They may just go on holiday afterwards because they've, they've got a cle- nice clear motivation. They want revenge. They get their glitter revenge. They they go yeah. off to glitter world and glitter stuff. Even and now, after all the evil things they've done, I'm going to say I'm still going to be, bet a little bit of money that Azure and, and Swarm's story is more complex, and that they are they are not entirely villainous, or at least they are. There is some understanding that we need to have about their, yeah. their story and why they are connected to all of this that we don't know yet. Because why I don't, their time? Mm-hmm, why they are time? Because I think that's the mo- that's actually my single most intriguing thing that has not yet been sort of addressed in this whole season, which is mm-hmm. this this uh, what a line from I think episode. Two, which was t- basically time has always wanted to destroy space and space like there, that there's an yeah. eternal struggle between time and space and one destroys the other I, I, that's so wild an that's, idea i yeah no i loved it as well because i, I felt it was very um sapphire and steel because essentially that's i mean that's what they say there like time is constantly trying to escape 
and get out. And this is a very yeah. bad thing because time is essentially evil is the implication. So I do wonder if maybe in the end what Chris Chibnall is trying to do by the end of this season is give us some new definitions of sort of like how our universe works and how and 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 we understand the the push and pull and and how the doctor has have helped yeah. ideally reset things. I don't know how that's going to go, but that that stuff with with uh the ravagers with with swarm and and yeah. uh and azure I I'm intrigued by that aspect of it. Uh, more than I am in, intrigued by. Let's find out every secret about the history of the Doctor. There is. Oh, by the way, there is a pocket watch that uh, it contains all of the Doctor's memories that were erased. Uh, that's hanging out there in the midst of Division as a uh, an inducement for her to defect. I guess, except that doesn't work very well. And and Swarm and Azure make Tectaeon turn into glitter, so that's still hanging out there too. And I thought that was kind of interesting. I can't decide whether that's the show giving us dangling the little un unreachable object in front of us before destroying it later or whether there's actually some intent to have the doctor reclaim the rest of her I, history. I think it looked like it was being opened and the in the trailer, it, yeah, it's unclear to me whether that means she gets her memories back or whether she sort of does that thing like happened last season where there sort of enters a mental uh, mind palace of of mm. memories or stuff but but um that also out there as a possibility for next next time, I guess. Yeah, I, and the one thing that also there there was, um, I think she said at some point something to do with primal forces as well. So right. it feels like that's not been dropped or forgotten. I hope because it, I, as as that is, I I love that idea, that big cosmic idea that there's fighting in the you know because the universe is a web of space time and mm -hmm. according to our cutting edge physics and that the idea of those forces being yeah. What you said, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's. It, I. I hope in one episode worth, or at least whatever doesn't get deferred until maybe the specials next year. That. Um. That this is a lot. To, this is a lot, and a lot is riding on the resolution, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It has been a fun ride. I'm a big believer mm -hmm. in the whole journey being the reward thing, but at the same yeah. time, I would like a satisfying. Conclusion. Yeah, I, want, I want something. It doesn't yeah. have to blow me away. I just don't want to feel cheated. You know, give me, yeah. give me something. I'm, I, my, my, I'm, I'm very easy to please with Doctor Who. Right. I think. I just want generally. something. I, after this episode, what I, my only concern really is that it's going to do everything that it seems like it's going to do, and I would like it to swerve a little bit to one side yeah. or other. I want to be a little surprised and fooled by the setup yes. of this story. If it, if. If it goes exactly where we think it looks like it's going, I'll be a little disappointed by it. But even yeah. then, at this point, five episodes through, I can say, I think this season has already been a lot of fun. And unless next week is a complete disaster, I'm going to look back on this six episode thing as a great kind of a thrill ride. I think it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's absolutely it. There's, um, I think, rewatching uh, more things will stand out to me uh, being negative and to be fair that's happens that's just true with all of Doctor Who but it's been just particularly fun this year um, and I think the the cliffhangers have added a, a lot to it just that yeah. you know you know they're going to be resolved like within 30 seconds but it's still <laughs> very rapid this week because that's, that's <laughs> she's not that's an angel what, anymore it's fine that, that's <laughs> You know, that's just Doctor Who. At least they haven't outright cheated like, oh, Sarah Jane suddenly falls off a different part of the platform. That's right. the genesis of the Daleks mm -hmm, reference. Mm -hmm. um, but 
yeah, it's um, that's it's still got that little frisson of excitement, that little yeah. oh, what happens next? And because there are so many storylines and the they are ongoing throughout all of the episodes, then there is that element of curiosity, and you know, give us a little another little nibble of this bit. And uh, I can certainly understand criticism of it being very um, bitty or too much to follow or anything like that. That's you know that's fine. Um, but for me, it's it's worked incredibly well for just making me really excited about the episodes I'm seeing and about where it's going. So before we go, I wanted to yeah. ask you more broadly on that same kind of topic, the uh, the way this has been structured as a, a six episodes that are telling an ongoing storyline. And some of the episodes feel m- more like standalone as well, but it's all going someplace and there are cliffhangers at the end of every one. And I've, as I've said before many times, it feels like a kind of modern streaming TV series take on Doctor Who. How do you feel about that? Is this a model going forward for Doctor Who or is this, or should it be a little more traditional, do you think? Um, I, I, I think the God, it's, it, it, I think it's up to the producer, and I'm perfectly happy to judge whichever one they think. And I, I, there's so much, um, all, all, I, I, I don't know. Is is I, I, I do not have strong feelings either way. Um, it, it, it obviously right. stupid. Well, I feel it feels like a very, very uninteresting obvious thing to say but it depends on the execution um obviously i've I've absolutely loved this there mm-hmm. are, are many parts of um there are i'm told series i mean that's the 60s and 70s i don't i don't have an answer good answer well, for this. I, I guess i mean i don't think I, I i think you're right and this is something that goes along uh with a lot of media talk and a lot of criticism that i see is a lot of times people are like well this is clearly the right way to do it or this is clearly the wrong way to do it and the answer is well executed. There are lots of different yeah. ways to do it. And I, just because I, something's poorly executed doesn't mean that the approach was wrong. It just means yeah. the execution was bad. <laughs> this is essentially where I am with this. And it's not like there's only one way that even streaming shows are working. You know, there's variations between God help me, the the one of the one of the joys of um uh, Star Trek Lower Decks for me um, was a complete surprise and it was episodic television right. and I turns out had really missed episodic Star Trek something that I cannot imagine myself seeing in 2005 but here we are horrific well yeah the pendulum swings right like the the yeah. Star Trek Discovery comes out and it's like this is going to be a modern show and there's the the uh there'll be individual episodes but really they all blend together and tell one story yeah. per season and, and they did that exciting. and then they said we're now we're going to uh, introduce strange new worlds and the whole idea is it's going to be the emotional arcs. The characters will will progress, yeah. but every episode will be standalone. And everybody went, hooray to that, too. So, Well, yeah. yeah well, to be fair, it wasn't just Disco, which I love Disco, but it was the same with um, Picard. Yes. That oh, was yes. one long story. Mm-hmm. And I love both those shows. And um, I, I, as it turns out, I love Lorde I have no doubt that I will love Stranger Worlds. I am waiting for them to make a freaking Star Trek show that I can hate on. I'm sure it will happen. Maybe sure that other one, that other cartoon one. Maybe I can hate that. Maybe. But apparently, Prodigy. no, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah, that's actually no, a, pretty, pretty a, fun. Yeah, I, that's that's what people whose opinion of I trust have said, and I'm just like disgusted by that. Please let me join in with the hate. It's... So okay, all right. Well, we'll sorry, we'll sorry. Work on it. I, I know that's nothing to we'll do with Doctor Who. Uh, no, I blame you. But but this is the this is the challenge. Is yeah. I Star Trek has lots of shows and maybe who knows Russell T Davis and Bad Wolf have a plan for lots of he, shows. He does seem to have implied he would like it to be like Marvel. Right. 
with a bajillion different shows. Right. And, and the, the ability with Marvel and with Star Trek to have different shows that do different things is, I think, one of the challenges of Doctor Who as a single entity is mm. you can't have you, – you have what's on Doctor Who this season, and that's what it is, is what it is. You can't say, well, we have this Doctor Who and that Doctor Who. And who knows? Uh, you look at something like Big Finish, and you think, well, imagine a world – and Russell T. Davis said this in an interview a while ago – imagine a world where you have the ability to have a mainline Doctor Who series running here, and then over here, oh, it's David Tennant. Or and Dave Tennant and Matt Smith for five weeks telling a single story, and then we shut that down. And it's it's not meant to be a series; it's a single mini series like Loki or something like that. It's like, well, that's okay. very different. That's a very different idea, but it would give you the latitude to tell different kinds of stories in different kind of formats instead of having us debate should Doctor Who be standalones? Should Doctor Who be seasons with one story arc? It's like, well, you could let I it think, be all those things. I think one of the reasons is that that particular kind of thing would almost certainly never happen is, and I seem to remember RTD saying something like this when talking about Doctor Who movie, is it would take attention away from the current Doctor and that would be wrong. Whereas obviously he is cool with Torchwood and Sergey mm. Adventures, and I wonder if his thinking has evolved on that because he literally said, would, "What if I, I did would. a miniseries with Matt Smith and and David Tennant together oh, no. for five episodes or something like that?" Fine, and, I'm sure it'd be great. But I'm like, I I just like I agreed with it earlier RTD. Well, I agreed with the less evolved. Mm, RTD. <laughs> well, I I can I can see both sides of it. Right? Is uh, how do you feel being the the Doctor Who actor, but having it be a case where there are other Doctor Who actors who are yeah. doing new Doctor Who while you're I, doing the job. I think the fact that it's a limited series, and if it was very definitely stuck to that, right. then that would be great. Especially as, as you know, if you're bringing back all of the, the previous Doctor Who actors have incredible careers. So um, I, I can't imagine they'd want to to necessarily sign up for a long time. But if it's like a big prestige in between right. seasons event, yeah, I can see that, the value of that. And that's sort of what I'm saying is what if you had it be that there is the mainline Doctor Who that's going to have the new series and it's going to have 10 episodes and they're going to be standalones or two-parters and yeah. there'll be a little bit of a story arc. And then in between the years when, you know, that show airs, well, we also have this four-hour thing yeah. with Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi <laughs> and it'll be four hours and then it'll be gone and it's one story and it's more like yeah, a comic book I, miniseries or a big finish story or something like I, that. I, I, I can see that I Maybe. guess. I don't know I, okay. I, as a Doctor Who fan obviously a show all about change I personally hate change <laughs> and think things should always be exactly as they are. As a Doctor Who as all Doctor Who fans I think that's the beauty of the, of the <laughs> contrast is as a fan of a show that's all about change I dislike it. <laughs> That's yes, <laughs> classic, classic Doctor Who fan indeed. Um, mm. Well, this was this was fun, and this has been a fun ride, and I'm I'm looking forward to next week to see where it all ends I'm up. Scared? Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. I I don't know what what was all part of the grand uh, Chris Chibnall plan and all of that. But um, I yes, I, I think you're right in the detail. Um, there's two things, right? Will the end be satisfactory as a fun ride season ender? And then mm. just as last season, we're also going to have separately the sort of, as a Doctor Who fan, the changes and redefinitions that are happening to the lore of the show, right? That's separate from whether it's good drama, I think. But it's hard to not, as a Doctor Who fan especially... Separate them, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. You could have a really great 
episode that destroys your feelings about some aspect of Doctor Who lore. And you could say, well, this is a good episode, but I hate what it did. Yeah, I, I feel I've had a lot of practice about this <laughs> yes. because the destruction of Gallifrey made me very angry. I, and and I, then I got it back. I The original, I, I, I'm, or I don't know if it's the original sin of the Chibnall era, but the, the one thing that I can't forgive Chris Chibnall is how he... Uh, basically said, oh, and then the master killed everybody on Gallifrey. Um, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, how? What? And it's like, it's not important. I just want to have Time Lord Cybermen. I'm like, I don't, I still don't, I, I refuse, I deny it. That's what I'm saying. I deny it. I think that that's all I a, deny a this hoax. reality. This reality is a computational matrix. It's what you'd say if you were a certain type of Doctor Who fan at this uh, point. It, it, exactly. Exactly. See, you get me. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we're we're not because we wouldn't do we that. We wouldn't, no. But if we were, then we might say that. Yeah. But so it was, hey, it was a fun ride, whatever, you know, next week. It'll be fun. It'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. I, I have every confidence I will enjoy at least 95% of it. I agree. I, I think if I had to be, do a best guess is that I'm going to come out of this season saying that was a fun ride. A few things didn't make sense, but uh, it, but it was really enjoyable, and I'm very cross about some aspect of the lore that has been altered yes. by Chris Chibnall in some way that displeases me. That would be yes. my guess. I, my, mine is that I'd be really loving it until the last 15 minutes mm -hmm. when I will have to angrily start typing away under a pseudonym on the internet. Yep. As again, yes. Doctor Who fandom in a nutshell, I'm, right there. I'm I'm prepared for that. I'm emotionally. Good. I I've been working on that. <laughs> I, I've had a lot of therapy about it. So I think I think it's going to go okay. I think it's yeah. I'm not going to smash any televisions this time. All right, good, good. good. You yeah. learned your lesson. Um, mm. All right, Liz. Thank you so much for being on this episode. I I stole you away from Verity, <laughs> but I know you weren't going to be on Verity this time. I so. was not. And and thank you for having me on. And. Uh, Saying words. Saying words. We did. We said we did it. We said the words about the, the TV show. And uh, yes. I will be back next week with guests to talk about the big finale oh. of Doctor Who oh. Flux. Will it be totally fluxed up or will we be happy uh, or somewhere in between probably? Uh, and until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Doctor Who Flashcast, only in Doctor Who.